0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. It's usually St. John, whom we read to learn about what it means to be a son of God. Today, for the Sunday within the octave of Christmas, not for St. John, St. Paul's letter to the Galatians offers an insight. Among the... Many things revealed by the very presence of our Lord in the manger, even though our going to him is primarily to love him, to worship him, to adore him. St. Paul touches on a theme, whereas in the ordinary masses, it's the feast of the Holy Family, trying to awkwardly fill in these days when sacred scripture says little about what was going on, offering reverent silence about the things that our Lord would have been doing. In the same way that Scripture is silent about the very act of our Lord being delivered. And so we know that at this time in a baby's life, two, three days old, all they do is make noise and they make diapers dirty. So there's no need for sacred Scripture to talk about that. And so to fill in this awkward moment in sacred time, we actually jump forward in the gospel to 40 days in advance, adding to the complexity of keeping track our timeline of how these events unfolded and how the gospels interlock. Instead, the, the, the shining light that helps us focus on what was going on today is provided by St. Paul. Brethren, as long as the heir is a child... He differeth nothing from a servant, though he be the Lord of all, so long as the heir is a child. So even if the heir is young, no matter how important he will be, at the moment he's not any different from just the child servant, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed by the father. So we also, when we were children, were serving under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent his son, made of a woman, made under the law, that he might redeem them who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God hath sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, now he is not a servant, but a son. And if a son, an heir also through God. So in the ordinary comparison of babies, there are the babies who will become rich and wealthy and powerful. But while they're babies, they're still just babies. They're no different, really, from the babies of everyone else. St. Paul is providing a completely different comparison Because obviously, the baby of great significance actually is God. He is powerful. He is worthy of adoration. He is completely different from any other baby. And because of what he would accomplish, he then made us completely different as babies. Read this again, a little bit. God sent his Son that he might redeem them who were under the law, that we might receive adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. So now when we look at the manger, we see, we know we already see God. We think of the Holy Family, we think of them being completely perfect and in some respects completely different from our own families, but perfectly exemplary. But now St. Paul is asking us to look at the crash and realize that every Christian baby has been given the noble dignity of being an adopted son, an adopted daughter of God. Obviously, not equal to the divine son of Mary, but still his brother, calling God in heaven, my dear father. St. John, at the end of his life, having suffered greatly, having earned the the reward of martyrdom by being at Our Lady's side at the foot of the cross, upon whose life many attempts were made, who, if anything, would have right to be lonely or bitter or angry. Appropriately enough, there is no one who speaks more forcefully about hating the world than St. John. And he is the, the, the professor of love. You could read his epistles by the time you even drive home. Not while you're driving, of course. Have someone read it aloud to you. Second and third epistles are just the smallest of one-chapter uh, missives to actually one person identified by name. The first letter, only five chapters in length. You lose track of how many times He repeats the phrase, my children, and how many times he uses the word love. Fittingly enough, at the end of his life, when people were still coming out to see him, to listen to him, when he was too weak to even walk and was simply carried out to be able to visit with the faithful, he would repeat over and over again the phrase, my dear children, love one another. It's impossible for us to look at each other and not know that God has adopted that soul. God is not the creator of that person whom I see. God is that person's dear father. So yes, we love everybody. We even love our enemies, and we pray for our persecutors. But there is, there, there is no mistake about the affection within the family of God. These are my fellow co-heirs to heaven. These are ones in whom God dwells. St. Francis of Assisi was famous for genuflecting before pregnant women. How should our reverence be for each other? Another soul. Maybe another soul in distress who's in a bad mood today, but another soul illumined by God. Not just redeemed like every human creature, but adopted, one who belongs to God's family. Granted, there are good. We only need a few vigilant souls to observe who really received Holy Communion and are they walking away with our Lord? We don't need everyone doing that. It's a favorite pastime, especially observers, to just watch the just the people watch in church. Rather, think and pray and adore. Our Lord is in that soul when I see that person having received holy communion i don't even see i shouldn't see that person first and foremost. I see God and so Saint Paul helps us look at the crash in a whole new way and realize that. This extraordinary dignity, of course, only and always will ever belong to the only one who can be called Son of God unequivocally. Because we sometimes attribute that title to others properly by extension. We'll call him the only begotten Son of God. But we look at everyone whose spiritual mother is now Our Lady and whose guardian is now St. Joseph. And out of gratitude, out of genuine awe and wonder, we can say, my Lord and my God, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.